Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, pastor of mission and worship here at LNPC, and this is a Pillar and Ground confession episode. In our confession episodes, we seek to understand and apply the truths in our Westminster Confession of Faith. And on this episode, we are uh, coming into chapter 11 of the Confession of Justification. And I'm joined as uh, always as by our lead pastor, Brian Salter. Brian, glad you're here. Glad to be here. And glad to be talking about justification. Oh, man. This is, is this is the hinge. This is it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe just by way of setup, Luther and Calvin both had big, big statements about justification. Just yeah. that this is, I think it's Calvin says, this is the hinge yep. in which the church turns. Luther says, this is the foundational uh, doctrine in many ways. It mm-hmm. is the the doctrine that sort of uh, fanned, fanned the flames of the Reformation, yep. the conversation around getting this doctrine right really mm-hmm. was what fueled the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, and it was a going back to the debate that happened between Augustine and Pelagius even earlier. So it wasn't even, you know, the Reformation did not establish anything new. It returned us to the old right? Uh, that had already been established both in the Word and with the Augustinian uh, debate. So, so thankful to be talking about it because it is the heart of, of what we believe is at the heart of the gospel. It's at the center of our hearts, you and I, and um, it's a delight to talk about justification. Yes. There are some, this is glorious good news. I mean, this yes. is really, the, when I think back to my time in RUF in college, understanding this doctrine was really the one that brought me into the Reformed faith, yeah. into the PCA. Because I thought this is the best expression of the gospel I've ever heard. Yeah, this is actually really good news. Yeah, I totally agree. And as we go through this chapter in chapter 11, there's going to be some repetitiveness because the confession has some nature of that. But I would encourage you as you listen, you got four chances just to sit back and hear about the gospel, mm. the good news of our justification. So let it refresh your hearts and enjoy uh these truths as we talk about them. Good. Well, so in this uh, episode, we're starting with paragraph one of chapter 11. So do you just want to uh, read it for us before we jump Yeah, in? yeah. It's a big paragraph. I'm reading from the, the modern version that we post there in the notes. Uh, those notes, I think, have the old version along next to it. But uh, here's what it says. Those whom God effectually calls, he also freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins and by accounting and accepting them as righteous. It is not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone that they are justified. It is not by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other act of Christian obedience to them as their righteousness, but by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ to them who receive and rest on him and his righteousness by faith. Men do not have this faith of themselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. So uh, Westminster begins as they start talking about justification by connecting it to effectual calling. So they start with those whom God effectually calls, he also freely justifies. So number one, why why is that connection Mm -hmm. important, that connection between God's effectual calling, what we've uh, already talked about in previous episodes, and then what they're talking about in this chapter on justification. Yeah, he's. Uh, they're really leaning on Romans 8, verse 30, uh, that speaks of those whom he predestined, he called, there's the effectual calling, and those whom he called, he also justified. So they're really showing that they're, they're 
if you are called, you are justified. Right. If you are predestined, you will you are justified. And really rooting this in the entirety of the work of God. The call of God is all of him. The justification of us is all of him. And then they say, you know, when when Christ justifies, he when when God effectively calls, he also freely justifies, meaning the freely word, he doesn't need anything from anyone else to accomplish this work of justification. It is the work of God through his son applied to us graciously. Mm. Yeah, that effectual calling piece, one of the Puritans talks about the the golden chain of salvation, that idea yeah. that when, yes. once one piece of it starts, everything connected to it follows. Yeah. So the, the pre- like that. predestining, the, the calling, justifying, sanctifying, glorifying, all of it, Inevitably, so much so that in Romans eight thirty, he speaks of us being glorified yeah. as if it's already happened. Yes, even though it's future. Yeah, because it's that certain because it's, it's so in certain. the chain. It's really yep. good. So they go from there, and there's a little bit of language here about what justification is not before mm-hmm. they start talking uh, about what it is. Uh, as we get into that, one of the you know, simpler explanations you hear for justification often is justification. It is God makes it just as if I had never sinned. I, mm-hmm. I've actually used that before to yeah. describe justification. And I, there's an element of that that is true, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite get at the fullness right. of what justification is. So how can that statement be improved as we start to sketch out what justification is and isn't? Yeah, the just as if gets to it can sound like there's a pretending going on that God is sort of just acting like that never happened. Right. You know, we do that in relationships sometimes. Let's just act like that never happened. (laughs) Well, you can't. Right. Because it did happen and there is issues of justice and forgiveness and debt. And so that, what, what this phrase is getting at is that I have a perfect righteous record just as if I never sinned. But it misses the fullness of justification. Jesus or God doesn't just clear our record. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, I'm just going to clear it. I'm let you go free. No, that that's that's not what happens. He doesn't pretend that it never happened. Uh, instead, Romans three twenty six says that he might so that he might be just mm. and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So the justice of God requires that the sin that we've committed be dealt with, not just pretend as if it didn't happen. So when you hear the confession, it is a pardoning of their their sins and by accounting and accepting them as righteous. So justification is not just forgiveness. I think sometimes we get that wrong. Right. It is not less than forgiveness. It is not just saying your debt is clear. You're back to a zero-sum balance. Right. No, this is a transaction. This is an accounting word, accounting and accepting them as righteous, uh, not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ. So it's a legal declaration. We call this term imputation. Mm. Uh, God provides a just and legal basis upon which to declare the unrighteous to be just. How could he do that and be just? It is by taking our record and placing it upon Jesus, and he gets all the punishment of that record, and taking Christ's record and placing it upon us, and we get all the benefits of that record. And that is 
what happens in Romans 5, uh, Romans 6, when the, the Adam Christ yeah. uh, is a, so good what Paul does with that, of what it means to be in Adam, what it means to be in Christ. And it really, double imputation is really yes. uh, important to understand for the fullness of our justification that when you understand uh, that it is the satisfaction of Christ to them, uh, it is by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ. There is a passive and an active obedience of Christ that's really important. Yes. The active obedience of Christ is that he perfectly obeyed the law. Thus, that's the account we get, his perfect obedience. The passive obedience is he fully suffers the penalty of law for our sin. So there's the just and the justifier, and it's found in active and passive obedience. And that's a really, that double imputation is really, really important. Yeah. And maybe here we can talk a little bit too about, you know, the, the confession is intent on saying, first of all, not by infusing mm-hmm. righteousness. Yeah. You talk a little bit about why they're why they're hitting on why are they starting by saying justification is not this infusion of righteous but this imputation, imputation. Yeah. of righteousness. Well, that was really at the heart of the Reformation debate was infusion and imputation. It's really important to 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 know that justification is a a sure thing, a moment in time, it's not a continuous act. And that's part of the infusion versus imputation. The infusion uh, language, as Rome understood it, was that this justification by faith, if you were to ask uh, in that era, Rome, do you believe in justification by faith? They would say yes. Right. It was the sola that got them. Right. The faith alone. Yes. Because justification actually began, as they understand it, at baptism and with penance, and then it went through the sacraments, right? of which they don't believe there are two. And so there was always this idea that your justification starts, but it's an infusion, and there is an understanding that you can lose the infusion of righteousness, thus penance. Mm -hmm. You can regain it, thus penance, and the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And so it's a fluid thing. And the infusion makes it a very fluid status. Uh, the Reformation says through imputation, no, it's an absolute fact. It's a legal transaction that has happened and is done. Mm. It is reckoned to you. Um, it is alien from you as we talk about an alien righteousness um, outside of ourselves in Jesus Christ alone. So um, that's they're, they're really... When they say not by infusing righteousness, they are addressing a debate that was very close to them in time proximity right? Uh, with, with the debate between Rome and the Reformation. Right. And this goes back to what we were saying, the just as if I never sinned piece. One of the Roman Catholic critiques of the Reformed understanding of justification, you'll often hear them use the language of it's a legal fiction. God is uh-huh. declaring you to be something that you actually are not. And really at the root of that... Uh, critique in some ways is they actually are getting at what the reformers were saying about righteousness not being infused into us because they mm-hmm. were trying to say no it, it has to be in some mysterious sense worked all the way into us for God to be able to say that about us but that misunderstands what justification is the reformers right. arguing is mm-hmm. a legal declaration sanctification God is going to make us into that which he has declared us to be 
But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, There's still plenty of this definition uh, to unpack here. So they begin by talking about what it's not, and then unpack this language of imputation. And then they move to talking about the grounds of justification. Right. That it's not because of us, but because of Christ. Would you just unpack that for us? Where are we seeing that uh, in the scriptures, that justification is because of Jesus, not because of us? Yeah. You know, I I don't know who said it, so I can't give them credit, but I've always remembered it. Uh, we have no merit on our own, only demerits. So that that's the truth of our condition. Because of that, there's no way we could contribute anything to being justified before God and have God be just. So it is not for anything wrought in them or done by them. Further, it says it's not by imputing faith. We're, we're going to talk about it in 11.2. It's not even our faith is not. A, a meritorious act. Right. And we're going to talk about that. But when you hear scriptures, the one that I just think about immediately is Titus 3, mm. verse 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. And then it talks about by the washing of regeneration, renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So there's the phrase justification by grace. Mm. You know, we often hear justification by faith, justification mm-hmm. by grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing we have done, even... Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Romans three twenty four. We are justified by his grace as a gift. All of that language really validates what the Westminster Confession is summarizing. Remember, the Confession is summarizing the teachings of the Bible. Mm. So they're looking at these passages as their authority, and it's on the basis of those passages They say, it is not for anything wrought in them or done by them, but for Christ's sake alone, they are justified. Um, I think also when I think about it's not anything by us, so we couldn't get ourselves out of the condition of being sons and daughters of Adam. Mm. There's nothing we could do to change that. Mm -hmm. And there's only one other person to be in. It's in Christ, Mm. either in Adam or in Christ. And Christ does all the work in justification to put us in him. And we're not only acquitted, but we're accepted by God so that we're not just brought back to Adam's condition before the fall. This is the glory of justification. We're brought to the status of Jesus before the father. Mm -hmm. John 17, Jesus says, you have loved them as you have loved me. Mm -hmm. And you just, when you hear that, you think, really? Yeah, that's imputation. That's justification. Your record is now the record of his son. Mm. And that has nothing to do with you. Mm. But it's true. And you can know you are loved by the father as he loves the son. And that'll set you free. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Um, So they get grounds of justification, not because of us, but because of Jesus. Um, But... The Reformers, there's a discussion that goes on during the Reformation, not merely between the Reformers mm-hmm. and the Church of Rome, but there's also disagreements even within some of the 
um, various camps that are coming out of the Reformation about what faith is and faith's yeah. place in justification. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier about mm-hmm. our faith not being a meritorious thing. Some in what are what's classically called the Arminian tradition uh, have affirmed some different things about justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How would you contrast the Reformed understanding of justification, our faith, our obedience, yeah. and Christ's faith and obedience versus what's often called the the Arminian view. Well, I think I think the bottom line comes down to making faith meritorious, as if it and I, and I we're going to talk about this some in eleven point two because they address really clearly the issues of faith. But there is um, you could perfect the phrase justification by faith alone. Yes. Because it does sound like, that phrase can sound like your faith justifies you. Correct. It it would be better to say justification by Christ alone through faith alone. Through faith alone, yep. So I think that's a more accurate description of what's happening in the scriptures. I believe in justification by faith alone. Right. But it can be misleading to where you put your faith in your faith. Right. And what happens when your faith wanes? What happens when your faith goes down? You lose hope. Mm-hmm. Our, our justification is not in our faith. It is in the work of Christ. And so uh, our faith is not our righteousness. Our repentance is not our righteousness. We don't receive Christ's righteousness through the sacraments. Uh, we receive it through faith. And it and they make it really clear in, in Westminster. Men do not have this faith of themselves. It is the gift mm. of God. Face a gift. Face an instrument. We're going to talk about that in 11.2. And, you know, as we talk about faith being a work, that really was at the heart of the a lot of the debate was what do you do with works? Yeah. You got all these solas. Mm-hmm. Where are works? And Rome, Rome was concerned about how this doctrine that was being promoted, that was biblical, we believe, would compromise works. Mm-hmm. Um the, the view of Rome was that faith plus works led to your justification because justification was static. I mean, it was dynamic. It was it was not static. It was not fixed. It was something that could increase and wane and right. be lost. And then you have antinomianism that says, well, you have faith, which leads to justification. Don't worry about works. Right. But the reform view was faith is a gift and you are saved by Christ alone through faith alone. And when that happens, there are works. Right. Will always be accompanied by good works. Will always be accompanied by good works. And so I, I think First Corinthians 10, 30 through 31 is really helpful. Hmm. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. In other words, Christ is our righteousness. Why? So that, as is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord, to yeah. which Ephesians 2 echoes, so that no one would boast. Um, there is no room for boasting in those who belong to Jesus. Yeah, it's really None. good. None. I think the, I mean, just to echo something you said for our people to bring it bring it home, I mean, just this is really good news because it means that your justification is not resting on the strength of your faith. Yes. It is resting on the object of your faith. Yes. And so D.A. Carson has that great illustration about the two guys during the first Passover of like you've got, you know, they're told, go get the lamb, 
kill yeah. it, put the blood on the doorframe, angel of death is coming through, and you got two Jews who are talking to each other, and one guy is like, I mean, did you get the lamb? Do you feel like you know where to put it on the doors? Like, this is kind of scary. This angel of death is coming through. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, and then I'm afraid that my fear is going to, like, maybe my fear is what's going to disqualify me, that I'm not mm-hmm. doing it right. Mm. And the other guy says, I trust the word of God. Bring it on. Mm. No fear. And Carson asked the question, which one of them, you know, was saved that night? Which one of them had the angel of uh, death, you know, come through their house and killed them in their whole household? And he like pauses and then he says, neither. Because it was not about the strength of their faith. It wasn't about the fact that one of them was confident in God and one of them was nervous. Mm. It was about, did you have the right lamb? Did the blood of the lamb avail for you? And that I think the reformed understanding of justification is even our faith is a gift. So yes. we, it is a receiving and a resting. And so we can trust. So on those days when you're struggling to believe, like we all have, you can trust, you can yeah. receive, you can rest. It's not on you. It's him. Mm-hmm. His righteousness mm-hmm. has been credited to you. And if you were clinging to him, nobody can uh, snatch you out of his hand. Amen. Well, that is uh, paragraph one, anyway, of chapter 11 on justification. Lots more to come on this uh, really, really good news. Uh, But we'll stop there for today. We want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you'll join us for future episodes. Mm